before I was diagnosed and even after and I didn't know a lot this disorder would just really take a hold of me and I really didn't know how to control it and I'm not saying that I'm perfect now I still have moments but I know that if I'm not taking care of myself if I'm not paying attention to the signs it will take a hold of me you're listening to the shingles at 40 podcast a podcast where we talk about this complex and fascinating thing called attention deficit hyperactive disorder ADHD my name is Donovan Robinson and I'll be your host as we explore what is ADHD really what you can do if you suspect you may have it tips and tricks to help you manage the disorder and how this can actually be a superpower hello everybody Thank you for joining me on episode one of Shingles at 40. I know, an odd name for a podcast about ADHD, but let's talk about why I decided to come up with that as a title a little bit later. I am a entrepreneur, dad, husband, a proud Red River Métis citizen. I have owned and operated several businesses and I've had a lot of different jobs in my lifetime, which now makes a lot of sense given the fact that I have ADHD. I currently live in the great city of Winnipeg, and that is not me being sarcastic. I actually do love this city, and I think it is such a great place to live. Uh, I currently am the founder and uh, owner of a management consulting agency since 2005. I co-own a live music venue called the Goodwill Social Club that is going on its 10th year. So why a podcast about ADHD, and why am I an expert on this topic? Well, the thing is, I am not an expert. I wanted to start this podcast because I was diagnosed in my 40s and I'm 45 now and I wanted to learn and absorb as much information as possible and share what I've learned with all of you, if you want to listen. I can honestly say that this would be one of the most significant moments in my life because it it changed how I saw myself and the world and, and how knowing how my brain works and how I can manage this disorder has given me this confidence that I didn't have for the majority of my life. You know, from an outside perspective, it probably seemed somewhat normal, but inside I was just really confused and always knew there was something that was not like other people. You know, and, and you know, likely my life would be significantly different if I knew what I know now. But right now, this is my life. This is the life I want. This is where I need to be and yeah, there are good days and there are bad days, but these are these are the cards I was dealt. Maybe maybe I didn't think my hand was, was all that great growing up and throughout my life, but given this newfound knowledge and taking a step back and looking at my life, I am where I need to be, and it's pretty good. I got a pretty good hand here, and I'm going to go all in with it. And yeah, I'm going to use a lot of cheesy analogies too. I also want to clarify that I am not a doctor or a medical professional. So if you do think you have ADHD or are neurodivergent, please see your doctor or consult a medical professional. So I grew up in a small town called Dryden, Ontario, and and for most of my life, I thought I I was not, quote, a smart kid. I would get into a lot of trouble in school. I was disruptive. And oddly enough, I remember... It was picture day grade two or three. I had a sweater on and underneath a t-shirt. It was hot, I'm I'm assuming. I took that sweater off 
And underneath, I had a Bart Simpson shirt that said Underachiever, really big uh, at the top. And that was the shirt that was very visible in my class photos. Uh, so that was that was quite funny. But I was a very emotional kid. I would have emotional outbursts in class. Uh, if I was told to do something I didn't want to do, uh, I was once I was put in a split class uh, with with the older kids, with younger kids. So I was the older grade uh, with the younger grade and. So for me, I just, I didn't think I was as smart as other kids. And it, it really made me not as confident as I should have been. And the, the thing that really st stood out for me when I was a kid was, was in, a, in elementary school. I remember I, was, I got kicked out of the classroom for probably being disruptive. Uh, I, I remember being really emotional and I was sent into the hall and this was like grade four. Um, and I was crying in the hallway and one of the other teachers was walking down the hall and she looked at me and I won't say her name, but she looked at me and said, look at you, you little baby crying. Aren't you embarrassed? And for the longest time that just stuck with me and it, it made me feel like something was wrong with me. And, you know, looking back now, you know, for a grown adult to look at a child who is in distress clearly and say that to them. You know, there's, there's probably something wrong with you. M moving into my, my high school years, I remember starting out school and just really wanting to be part of that popular group, but feeling I was not as smart, not as cool as they were. Uh, I didn't do well in classes like math and English, but I did do really well in, in like art and gym and and things that I, I really enjoyed. And, you know, I excelled in sports later in, in high school. And the one thing I do remember... Uh, I really wanted to take classes like woodworking and in those trades type courses. But there was this perception in my day, there was this perception that taking those courses was like the easy way out and you weren't as intelligent. And looking back now and seeing the people who are doing this stuff today and excelling, and you know, they're, they're some of the smartest people I've ever met. Uh, so I really regret letting that perception stop me from doing those things that I really, really wanted to do. As I mentioned about the one terrible, one of the terrible experiences I had in public school with a teacher, I did have a few teachers that really took the time to help me and, and looked past those outbursts and, and disruptions and the negative things that I did and, and really saw who I really was. And one teacher really stood out uh, to me in high school. And her name was, was Mrs. DeLong. Mrs. DeLong was my grade 11 English teacher. And I could not write an essay or properly format any of the projects she gave me. But she saw I was really, really creative in that if I could just figure it out, I could be an amazing writer. And so we had uh, a final essay to write. Uh, and you know that would have been 50% of our grade. And if I passed that, I would would have passed the course and so reluctantly I had to spend my breaks in the room learning how to write an essay with Mrs. DeLong uh, but but because she instilled this confidence in me I was excited to do it I wanted to learn and I, I felt some confidence there um, so you know I, I did the essay I handed it handed it in not thinking I really did a great job but handed in, and you know the you know the t time came when you know she's handing your papers out, 
and everyone's getting their essays, putting on their desk, and she said, Donovan, she did this in front of the class, she said, you got a 95% on this essay, but you handed it in a day late, so you failed. And at the time, I was like, really? But, you know, definitely she did me a service instead of a disservice because I learned that, you know, you don't just get stuff handed to you. But really, I was actually just happy <laughs> that I passed. Uh, Why, well, you know, theoretically I passed and I actually did a good job and I actually felt really proud. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm smart, right? <laughs> so it, it was just one of those moments. Um, and, you know, she passed away. A few years ago, I, I found out, and I really wanted to to give her a call, uh, especially going through all of this stuff and just remembering that, and just thank her, because I don't know if she really knows the impact uh, that she she made on me, and hopefully the impact she's she's made on other people. And you know, I'm I'm sure she has kids and grandkids, and and I hope you know if they're listening, uh, your mom, your grandma, what a great teacher. She was strict, though. She did, she did not take any shit. So ADHD is a very complex disorder, and I had no clue how much so until I started to absorb all this information. And that is the crazy thing about ADHD. When you are interested in something and it excites you, you will spend hours, days, weeks learning and focusing on it, obsessing about it. So this misconception that this is a inability to focus, that's incorrect. It's an inability to focus on things you are not interested in. And people say, yeah, well, I'm not interested in a lot of things, but I just need to do it. Uh, you just need to work harder. And there lies the issue with how this disorder is perceived. Because ADHD is a brain disorder. We do not create dopamine like other people do. You know, there's brain spec imaging that shows that people with ADHD, there's low activity in certain areas of the brain that is involved with focus, attention, concentration, goal setting, planning, and impulse control. So we need stimulation in order to function because like I said, we cannot produce dopamine like other people can. And so we'll look for it in other ways, but our brains actually do not allow us to do certain tasks without a lot of effort. And we actually need to work harder uh, than other people and work past these things, uh, but that additional work, that pushing through, actually causes or could cause ADHD burnout. And that could result in not being able to do anything no matter how hard you try. And so it's a weird thing, even me just knowing that, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy because it's like, why can't you just do it? And, you know, the work, you know, just pushing through uh, can actually cause significant negative results. And can also cause you to, you feel depressed and and forgetful, impulsive, and really cause the symptoms that are associated with ADHD to really take control of your life. So you know, just work harder or quote work through it can actually be detrimental to your health. However, this is why knowing about this disorder and how to manage it can actually be a massive asset. So this is what this podcast really is about, and. I can tell you, I have no shortage of topics. I just, I have a shortage of time uh, to get it out. So what is ADHD exactly? And for those of you who do not know much about the disorder or those of you who've heard about it and might not really know the how complex this disorder is, 
uh, you know, it, it is one of the most common neurodevelopmental disorders uh, in, in children. And a lot of children are diagnosed, but it can also last into adulthood. And if undiagnosed, it can actually result in a lot of other disorders and a lot of problems in your life. And for me, that was something that uh, not knowing, uh, you know, it, it led to a lot of other disorders and, and things like that. And, you know, signs and symptoms, you know, you hear like fidgeting, lack of attention and those type of things. And I have resources on my, on my website that you can can look at if you want to know a little bit more. I won't go too far into the medical definition of this. But there are some things that I learned that I was really blown away and, and didn't know. And the first thing is that there's actually three types of ADHD and how it presents itself. And one is predominantly inattentive presentation. So this is trouble paying attention, finishing tasks, uh, following instructions or conversations. And the second is predominantly hyperactive impulsive presentation. So this is the one that is very apparent. You're, you're running around, jumping around, kids are climbing on stuff, you always feel restless, shaky leg syndrome. And the third one is the combined presentation. And so that's those two uh, together. And that for me, that's the case. I have uh, inattentive and hyperactive. And so those symptoms should have been very apparent to people when I was growing up, but they weren't, and, and even to myself. And and that's the the issue, I think, and the reason why I want to talk about this is it, there is a lot of misconception. There is uh, a lot of misunderstanding of, of what this disorder is and how complex it is. And so there are so many people that have you know these symptoms but may not have ADHD or they may have one of them and not the other and think they don't have it. And the second thing is, uh, which was interesting, is that ADHD is a spectrum disorder, similar to autism, and a lot of the symptoms actually overlap. And the thing that I didn't know about being on a spectrum is I thought it was linear. I thought you either had a little bit of ADHD or a lot of ADHD. But a spectrum is actually more of like, let's use uh, the example of a, a pizza, and then it's cut into slices. And each slice represents a symptom. And so in the middle is what we'll say, quote, normal people. And each slice could be impulsivity, inattention, forgetfulness, hyperactivity, uh, inflexibility. And so you sit on a different level of those slices. And so that's why everyone who has a neurodivergent disorder or, or neurodivergent uh, are different. There's there's different levels of each of those things. And uh, I'll have a link on my website. Uh, you can kind of see visually what that looks like. And the, the third thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, what causes ADHD? And, you know, when I was younger, I remember this being kind of a made up thing. You know, kids don't really have it. And I had no clue that I even had it. And, and it was always really kind of seen as a negative thing, which I mean, there's, you know, if, if not treated or not managed, yeah, it can definitely be difficult. Um, but, you know, things that 
could cause it are you know brain injuries, exposure, environmental risks, so lead poisoning, um, you know alcohol and tobacco use during pregnancy, premature delivery, low birth weight weight. So there's a lot of factors that could contribute um, to someone developing ADHD. But the one, the, the one thing uh, that there's a, there's a lot of studies and research backing it up is that it is genetic. So for me, that is one of the big reasons why I wanted to, to do this, learn as much as possible. I have two amazing kids, my daughter who is two and my son who is four. And I do see a lot of signs that they, they may have ADHD and more so in my son who, who is four. But I will discuss how ADHD can be misdiagnosed in girls quite often. Looking back on my childhood, it is clear that my parents, who are still undiagnosed, by the way, but very clear that they have this disorder, and they didn't have the resources I have today. They did the best they could with what they knew. So I want to stop the cycle for my kids before I was diagnosed and even after, and I didn't know a lot, this disorder would just really take a hold of me and I really didn't know how to control it. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect now. I still have moments, but I know that if I'm not taking care of myself, if I'm not paying attention to the signs, it will take a hold of me. There are times my kids will be relentless and I've yelled at them with with a lot of frustration and anger. And when my son doesn't talk back or continues his tirade, but he says, I'm sorry, Dad. I know I went too far. I know I need to take a step back. And I also need to let him know what I did was not okay. And in that moment, assure him that it wasn't his fault. Because there's a lot of guilt that comes with that. You know, me and my son... We have this thing now where if I'm getting upset or angry, he says, Dad, you lost your cool. And I know I need to stop. Think about it. Observe. Proceed with with calm. This triggers my brain to say, you're right. I did. I'm sorry. And it really calms me. He is my support in those moments. It's a very powerful thing. It's it's amazing how a four-year-old can teach you more than any adult could, but I need to make sure that my son doesn't have to take on the burden of managing my emotions. I still have moments, but it does take a little bit more to get me to that point. I also know that if I'm getting there, I need to stop. We've all heard the phrase, knowledge is power. And for me, this is so true. Not knowing why I was the way I was, why I was doing the things I did or couldn't do the things like other people really made me feel powerless. I started to learn as much as I could about this disorder and knowing how I could manage it, knowing what triggers the symptoms. It's given me the ability to have power over myself and control myself to an extent. I know I know what I need to do and that just is really powerful. But the one thing you cannot do is you cannot use this as an excuse. I can lose my temper, I can be irritable, and I can be mean to people, especially the people I love. And I can't just say, oh, it's because I have ADHD. What I can do is know why it's happening and try to avoid it. 
or do what will help me reduce the chances of these things happening. And yeah, that takes a lot of work. You got to work on it. It's not easy. But I do have the best motivation and inspiration in the world, and that's my family. Now, here is the other thing. You are going to find that if you are undiagnosed or diagnosed, but still not fully understand the complexity of this disorder and how you can manage it, and you begin to take this journey, you might find that you may lose a lot of people, you know, family, friends, partners, etc. And here's why. You will not be trying to be that person you think others want you to be. You will become that person you, you actually were. I mean, if you're always an asshole and your true self is an asshole, well, I'm not sure what will happen there, but you'll figure it out. But from my experience, people with ADHD are some of the kindest, most empathetic people on the planet. And we may not always show it, but we feel it. We feel it. We are emotional roller coasters. We are not easy to be around at times. And every day is a mystery. So it takes a really strong person to be with someone with ADHD. So if you happen to find someone that strong, you might want to put a ring on it. I did. Sorry, I expect more cheesy lines like that uh, going forward. What else can you expect in my podcast? Well, let's talk about growing up undiagnosed with ADHD and and what that led to, how medication can help, and the good and bad side of that, and, and hopefully have some professionals on to talk about that. Traits of ADHD, oversharing, hyperfocus, how diet and exercise are very important to reduce symptoms, ADHD in relationships, that one will be fun, things like substance abuse, the dark side of ADHD, and the fun side of ADHD, how music has made a big impact in learning how and what type of music can really help reduce symptoms, ADHD in girls and women, and how this is quite often misdiagnosed and where my lovely sister will be my co-host for the day. She does not know this yet, but if you're listening, sis, you're joining me for that one. Tips and tricks that can help you reduce the negative symptoms of ADHD and really allow you to use this as your advantage. Things like being around animals, gardening, and connecting to nature can reduce symptoms of ADHD. Talk about other spectrum disorders neurological disorders that can also develop over time and how there's a lot of overlap between a lot of other disorders. I will have guests on here and I'm sure you all don't want to hear me just talk but I want to learn from other people. I want other perspectives from people who are neurodivergent and neurotypical people as well. I want to create and connect to this community. It's such a fascinating thing ADHD and Everyone is different. However, there are so many traits that are similar. When I meet other people with ADHD, even if they're undiagnosed, but we know, it's kind of amazing because it, it creates this instant bond with somebody. Because no matter where you come from, how you were brought up, you kind of just get each other. You can talk about things openly that you would never talk about with other people. It's an instant trust. And I think that is why building a community around this is so important.
please join me on my next episode where we talk about living with ADHD, being undiagnosed, and now being diagnosed, how that can be a gift that will open up so many things for you. And every episode, I want to share some of my tips and tricks for navigating this superpower called ADHD. Please visit my website at sa40podcast.com. That's sa40podcast.com. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at shingles at 40. Oh, and yeah, he wanted to know why this podcast was called Shingles at 40. Well, let's save that for the next episode. Do you need to give you a reason to come back? And don't worry, episode two is already up, so you can Netflix that shit and binge listen. I thank you so much for allowing me to share, be open, and I really hope you share your knowledge, tips and tricks, struggles with me, and I hope we can all find our purpose in life and truly be happy because you cannot change the world if you cannot be the person you know you are. Have a great day and see you in episode two.